Well, the day has finally arrived. Patty uh, begins preparing for these really a long time ahead. I, I, I can quote the whole thing. It's a, it's a cool subject, though, the, the idea of you know, whether you look at it literally, um, spatially, the idea of a threshold as, uh, as an unknown and also as, as a place of opportunity. It's, it's a very, very great message. This is from a reading from the book of Genesis. Then Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed and saw a ladder up to the, on the earth to reach into the sky to the heavens. The angels of God were ascending and descending upon the ladder. The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, to you I will give it, and to your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in you and in your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Remember, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate to heaven. Yeah, this is a family affair today. That's my precious husband, David, who uh, did listen to me try to speak more and read less, but I'm not so good at that. Um, If you read my weekly messages in the newsletter that I write, the spiritual article each week, he also is my punctuator. I, I spell for our family, and he punctuates for me. I'm terrible at it, so take it up with him if you ever think something is way off. (laughs) Nobody likes to sit in a waiting room. We might not mind for a few minutes. You know, we look at our emails or page through a favorite magazine. But after that, we get antsy and impatient. We like action, doing, creating. We like answers. And most of us may even like absolutes. Try as we may. We all know how hard it is to be in the moment. Waiting is just not something we do well. Those liminal times and places I defined for us can be as simple and momentary as the inconvenience of sitting in traffic on Main Street or the uncertainty of knowing if you'll get out of the airport when there's a snowstorm on its way or in my case this week, getting back into Aspen when there was a snowstorm happening. Sometimes, though, a liminal period is long and extended, where life seems to drop into kind of a suspended state. Liminality is a human experience pregnant, I believe, with the possibilities of God. 
fertile ground for encounter with the divine. Richard Rohr wrote, nothing good or creative emerges from business as usual. This is why much of the work of God is to get people into liminal space and to keep them there long enough so that they can learn something essential. It is the ultimate teachable moment, he said, maybe the only one. Well, when I read this quote, I thought it would be a good one. I mean, who among us doesn't love Richard Rohr? However, I also thought Rohr's words describing spirit's involvement in liminal times seem a bit manipulative on God's part. In Rohr's words, I hear my mother's. Honey, it's for your own good. Someday you'll understand. Well, I wonder if she was really as enlightened as those words might sound. Somehow I don't think so, though. I respect her simple faith, but somehow I think that her advice just became one of those cliches that I chose to abandon. I feel like I've been waiting my whole life to hear this word liminal, liminal space. There's a tenseness about it. It's edgy, gritty. It's on the fringe. I love it. And I think I'll probably overuse it. It explains a lot for me. Dark Night of the Soul almost says it, but in a different way. As Buddhist teachings tell us, everything is impermanent. At times, something is dying. Another time, we are shedding and moving on. At other times, there is something asking to be born within us. But the impending debut is first asking something of us. Viktor Frankl, in his classic writing, Man's Search for Meaning, speaks of the significance of the in-between. He wrote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is a power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Originally, the word liminality was coined by anthropologists to refer to ceremonial practices during which participants were led from one state or status to another, such as in a coming-of-age ritual. I think it's easy for us to see how baptisms, graduations, bar and bat mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, service transitional rites of passage for us today. Rituals performed well, I believe, have the capacity to be powerful moments in the lives of those who participate. Today, however, with fewer transitioning rituals and commonly held core beliefs, most people are drawn into the spiritual quest to know the mystery of one's soul on their own. So how, then, do we sit in these uncomfortable moments, these liminal moments? How do we maneuver this transitional time? And where is spirit in all of this?
Well, for me, the road to the future runs through the past. And I find myself hungry for the instruction and the insight of some of our contemplative mothers and fathers, like Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Thomas Merton, Simone Bea, are among some of the guides and the spiritual teachers who have been important to my insight. Maybe we return to ancient texts looking for clues. Written in multi-layered metaphor, I find scriptural language renders divine mystery meaningful for my finite human mind. Liminality is Israel wandering in the desert for 40 years. It's the disciples caught on treacherous waters between physical and spiritual shores. It's Jesus in the tomb from Good Friday until Easter. It's the story of Jonah who tried to run away from God, fell in the water and was swallowed, lingering in the big fish's belly for three days. Now that's a great liminality tale. Sorry for the pun. (laughs) Those observant in the Jewish faith sanctify liminal space by hanging a mezuzah on the doorframe of their home. A mezuzah, if you're not familiar, is a small plaque holding within it a rolled-up scroll written in Hebrew, and on it are words from the book of Deuteronomy in the Bible. Essentially, these words offer blessing and request that those observers hang a plaque upon their door, and that within the plaque, God says, may God bless this dwelling, and may God bless those who enter, and may God bless those who depart. Symbolically, the mezuzah recognizes the sanctity of home and family as safety and security from the outside world, from that within and from that without. David and I have one of these in our doorframe, and I find myself glancing at it. Um, Particularly as I leave, there's a sense of safety and, and going out knowing God's presence will be with me. By lighting candles, we sanctify the liminal moments when day meets night. At all these places and times, God is present. Through our rituals, we attempt to bring divine presence closer. I'm not proposing candles and incense and chanting and rosary beads are the answer to navigating our doubtful, difficult, transitional times of our lives. However, how curious it is to see the resurgence of ritual in many of our meditative practices with the use of oil and mantras, singing bowls, incense, prayer wheels. Perhaps as the world speeds up and disappoints, in our attempt to understand life as it is, there is a draw to the connection with the past when things were seemingly slower, less complicated, perhaps more defined. So let's look at that scripture again that David read. Jacob was forced to leave home to escape being killed from his angry brother. And fortunately for Jacob and for us, God loves to chase down runaways. I imagine Jacob had a hard time sleeping that night, and not just because he was using a rock for his pillow. Who were those heavenly couriers disturbing his sleep, running up and down the ladder in his dream? 
taking messages from earth to heaven and back again. Most people live their entire lives without ever seeing an angel. I haven't. Awakening from his sleep and realizing that he had just had a personal encounter with God, Jacob proclaimed with his famous words, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. In limbo, landless, rootless, with no prospects for the future, God met Jacob in a place of no particular significance. Jacob met God in the desert of his unknowing, in the liminal space of his loneliness and fear, and transformed it into a sacred place. And so I keep going back to that story in the book of Genesis. We are all good at picturing Jacob and what he saw that night, but it's quite a different thing to have a vision of our own. Think back to the last surreal dream that you've had. If you're like me, you wake up and rub the sleep from your eyes, and you immediately question the reality of what you dreamed. And although there are different interpretations of this biblical tale, they all proclaim both mystery and accessibility to divine spirit, not only by faith, but through wild imagination. I'm struck by the number of times that Jesus said, for those who have eyes to see and for those who have ears to hear, let them see, let them hear. Meditating on this phrase, I realize the implications of these words. Liminal moments lead us into an openness for encounter where the inner stirring and the outer inspiration meet. It is that moment when we are confronted with our finite humanity and God's infinite divinity that we feel the presence, that we hear, and that too we might see. In entering liminal spirit space, we leave behind safety zones, status quo, ordinary routines, inherited mindsets. We step into a space where we have the opportunity to see things differently. Maybe you are in a waiting room right now. Maybe it's a spiritual waiting room. What do you do? Perhaps one thing you might try is enter into silence of centering prayer. Just two weeks ago, Cynthia Borgio was here at the chapel speaking, and she offered advice on how to enter into meditation and go to a place of clear, objectless awareness, not dependent on any situation, not dependent on any subject, but clear, objectless awareness, a place of silence, a place where we might discover meaning irrespective of where we are transitionally. If God wants to get you, which God always does, the chances are best during liminal time. Another quote from Richard Rohr, spiritual truth wants to be spoken. And I guess if this is God manipulating me, then I'm in. To experience human finitude is to experience those moments of powerlessness that deepen the connection to something larger 
in the realm of perennial philosophy, that of losing oneself to find oneself. Critical thinking, the search for meaning and the search for God, is a liminal intelligence that refuses to believe that there is nothing but void. Who am I? Who are we? Those are the those on this pilgrim pilgrimage who yearn for the moment they are born until the day they die will ask these questions. We may never get the big dream or receive a personal speech from the divine like Jacob did. In his liminal moment, Jacob awoke from his sleep, shaken but not prideful, not prideful that God had spoken to him, but full of reverence. As life has become more complex, liminality is the place where we arrive less certain, less secure, often with more questions than when we started. Tension, contradiction, polarity, all characterize our reality. Sometimes we discover to our surprise that the meaning is in the waiting and that our tendency to hold on to the familiar has become a barrier to stepping across the threshold and discovering the hope and the promise of how divine spirit and love might transform us. It's not a quick journey for most of us, and it's not an easy journey. My hope is that we might, though, travel these liminal spaces together, in community, in our community, and that none of us must walk alone. If you are in a transition point right now, and I know that many of us here are, let's wait it out together. Your sense of nothingness or mine might just be the gateway of infinite insight, power, and wisdom. Think about how contagious that might be. In the beginning, people looked at the world about them in wonder. They began to make sense of the world, but mystery persisted. And when mystery persisted, they began to doubt. Truth is something we find when we surrender ourselves to the unknown. Remembering thrusts us into another kind of liminal space. We're not really back in the desert, as were our forefathers, but through our remembering of that time, we come to realize we are not really present now either. We are not really here now in the present. We are somewhere always in between. God closes one door and opens another. Another cliche we've all heard, but sometimes there is hell in the hallway. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and it rises again. And there's no bargaining in the desert. There's no hidden sun in the middle of the night. It's only when we discover to our surprise that grace Grace has carried us most of our lives and not left us that we come to feel peace. That's our dog, isn't it, jumping around in the car? (laughs) 
It went off. I can hear the alarm. It's her dog. <laughs> that was happening the other day at our women's group, too. Rosie. In this suspended, midair, confusing liminal space, for some reason, we are still God's beloved. In our response lies our growth and lies our freedom. Surely, the Spirit of God is in this place and in us, and we may not know. Amen.